Oh, wow. This is a little weird for me. We're, we're not in a car talking about soccer anymore. We're, we're just on the internet again. Hi, Jordan. How are you? How's your summer been? We've been, we've been taking a little bit of a break. A little bit of break because mainly due to my new job. Should I, should I tell the people my new job? Well, first we need to introduce that new segment. Um, this is a new segment for the ASB faithful we call Where is Jordan during this week's taping? Tell us, Jordan. Well, to catch people up, uh, I took a new job with a non-profit camp called Camp Fell Productions. Go look, go look them up. Um, basically, me, uh, myself, and a teammate... He's sitting there in the room next to me. Uh, we go to schools across the country, K through 12, and we put on uh, assemblies, school assemblies, and we put on motivational character development presentations. And the answer to your question is, I am in Queens, New York. Oh, you're living my dream. I'm just telling you that right now. You're living my dream, which is to just travel the country and go to different sports stadiums, which since the last time you and I spoke, where have you been, Jordan? Uh, I have been to Dodger Stadium. I have been to Angel Stadium. I have been to, uh, I believe it's called Talon Stadium, which is where the OKC Energy of the USL play. And I have been to a high school stadium, which is where the Providence City FC play, which is when they play out of a regional league in New England. And hopefully tomorrow, I'll be going to City Field, home of the Mets. You're welcome. You're welcome. I actually tried to convince him to go tonight, folks. You, you, but you gave me the idea, and then I looked I, up, and then I looked up on SeatGeek, and tickets were like four dollars. Mainly because Mets are out Mets of the playoffs. Suck. Even though they're playing the Braves, who are basically best in the National League right now. Whoa, but- whoa, 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 whoa! Stop! Hold your horses! No, they are not. Yes, they are. Last I checked. No, they're not. The best team in the National League. This is where we deviate from being a soccer podcast. The best team in the National League is the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs, who are leading their division and leading the NL and have a 1.5 game lead over the Brewers, who are the second best team. So, no. Mm. Okay, anyway. okay, one of the best teams in the NL. There you go. So, yeah, I you're living my dream. You're living a lot of people's dreams, so... And speaking of living the dream, this is the American Soccer Broadcast. I'm Alex Ryder, and I am joined by a man who is taking the loss in the Carabao Cup quite well, Jordan Hawkins. Because it's the Carabao Cup, and no one cares. Yeah, but since the last time you and I have talked, Liverpool have yet to lose, so... Then again, my MLS side has yet to win. And how many times has your MLS side won in a row? Nine times, but last two games haven't been that great because of injuries, but we won't get into that. That's okay. You're making the playoffs. That's true. And at least you can get the product out of there on like a certain North London club who can't finish their stadium. Oh my goodness, Tottenham! Poor Tottenham. What's so. the, what's the most ridiculous thing that you have spent on? Answer: season tickets to a stadium that not, that doesn't even exist. <laughs> it exists. They just can't get the emergency systems to work. I heard it was the it was a wiring. I've heard I've heard all kinds of different stuff. I've heard everything from tons of different subcontractors that go in to build the stadium, uh, everything from the electricity to the wiring. And I can't help but think that this is nothing but a metaphor for the Tottenham that we've seen seen for the past two, three years. (laughs) Oh, you're terrible. You're terrible. 
I am. I have no shame. Well, well, that's enough about the across the pond footy. You want to talk about domestic soccer? Let's do it. There is a lot to talk about. Yes, because we haven't really talked about much. Oh man, um, you want to you want to start with the fun stuff or the not so fun stuff? Because I think the fun stuff will be a little easier to talk about and less ranty. Does the fun stuff include the last two games for the men's national team? Um. Yeah. I mean the yeah, men's yeah, national team. Yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean we beat Mexico, but we lost to Brazil. Not as bad as I thought we would. That's true. It, when when you only lose by what two goals to Brazil? One of them a penalty that was a very very soft penalty. Yeah, but they don't exactly have VAR in a friendly taking place at Giant Stadium. True. Which, by the, which, by the way, I found it fascinating that that game was played, what, on a Thursday night? And then the n- next day, the Giants played their final preseason game. That was an incredible turnaround. Mm-hmm. And the field didn't look half bad. No. No, it was a nice pitch. But, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can take away from that that particular game was, was the fact that the that the team was young and that we at least kept up with Brazil, but we we had this very non-attacking minded play. We very much sat back and knew that Brazil was going to attack and we we let them do it, but we defended fairly well. We could have done better, but again, it's Brazil. They're one of the best teams in the world. And keep in mind, this is basically the same Brazil team that competed in Russia. Yeah. Whereas we we were a bunch of young guns who had barely played together because we're basically putting this new team together from scratch, and we don't have a competitive match to play until what? Spring. And that's... Is is that the first round of the uh, CONCACAF Nations League, or is that Gold Cup? I think uh, it's Nations I, League. I believe it's Nations League. So. And then you had us playing Mexico, and instead of getting Dos Acero in Columbus, um, you had... Uno Oceros. Uno Oceros. In Nashville. In Nashville. Yep. And the crowd in Nashville was awesome. That was not a bad crowd at all. Because 40,000 people at Nissan Stadium, that was impressive. And to see... And that was a a strong Mexico side showing that they weren't quite recovered... And that we had definitely gained some experience against Brazil and were able to show that playing against them. I mean, DeAndre Yedlin showing why he is the veteran on this team, why he should eventually wear the armband. And, and, and the, this, this, this was a young Mexican team, too. Yeah, and when you say young Mexican team, you're not saying, oh, they're inexperienced or they're not going to be good. You're expecting athleticism. Mm-hmm. Overall, I mean, it's good friendlies to build on, but it's nothing to write home about, and it's definitely nothing to truly, to truly even go get into anymore. We just saw the young team. Probably a good, a good portion of these players were playing the Gold Cup next, next summer. So I mean, Tyler Adams probably has something to write home about. Well, yeah, I mean, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler Adams Tyler Adams just keeps going up and when his transfer finally goes through um in Jan- at the end of the year he's only going to get better and better. I mean, we're seeing these players get more experience. DeAndre Yedlin is looking incredible in the Premier League. We've got uh Weston McKinney, although did they give a report on his injury? Uh, from what I heard, it was, it was a deep bone bruise, but nothing more serious than that. 
Well, that's good. I mean, we probably won't see him in the October friendlies, but that will be on the safe side. Instead, we'll get back our Lord and Savior, Christian Pulisic, who had himself quite a birthday. Yeah, scored on his birthday in the and other than the Champions League. And then scored what? Two goals in his next appearance off it, the bench it was just in the Bundesliga? Goal. Well, no, but he, didn't he score two goals um, this weekend in Bundesliga? I believe this... I, I believe the second goal was called offside. Hmm. But yeah, he he's 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 having himself quite the weekend. Not a bad way to come back from injury. Exactly. And that's how you get into the starting 11 and that's how as a Liverpool fan you drive up the price of your transfer, which doesn't make me very happy. But, and I, I mean, did just learn today that his game in the Champions League that was his 100th appearance for Borussia Dortmund. Youngest youngest player in Dortmund history to reach that mark. Well, and wasn't he only the fourth American ever to reach that mark in the Bundesliga? I But the last person to do that, apparently, was Michael Bradley. Yes, when he played for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Say that five times fast. Could be worse. It could have been Hamburg. True. So, Apolo- apologies good. to Bobby Wood. Oof, ouch. Yeah, I mean, all the kids are looking good. The kids are all right. So, looking good going into this next cycle with some positive, positive outcomes, especially in Concacaf play, which is what where we truly need to excel. I, we we need to go into the spring and destroy CONCACAF competition. We need to make Mm -hmm. it very clear that we destroy CONCACAF competition. And one of the ways we do that is through our coach. Yes, why don't we have a coach yet? Well, it sounds like we might get a coach fairly soon with um, rumors that Juan Carlos Osorio has interviewed and also Oscar Pereja. Both great choices, and you've also got. I've also heard Tata Martino's out out of his out the door in Atlanta, which is going to shake all of that up. Um, but what I was going to say is, Greg Burrowhalter has also been considered with leadership being seen at um, Maypar Stadium as early as this past weekend. So we've got our three candidates. And we've also got this shakeup in Atlanta where Tato Martina is looking to either return to Argentina or somewhere else in South America. So all kinds of shakeups in the MLS area where two of the three players are looking to be two of the three, excuse me, two of the three coaches candidates are coming from MLS and the cream of the crop at that. Who would you like to see? Honestly, uh, for for an entertainment aspect, I would say Juan Carlos Osorio. Oh my gosh, Juan Carlos Osorio joining um joining U.S. Soccer as the next manager is the equivalent of seeing, in my opinion, Mike Ditka coach the Packers. Am I wrong though? You are not wrong. That would be absolutely crazy. Not to mention the fact that he changes his lineup every single game. Oh, I bet the I bet the US soccer pundits are gonna love that. When he played in the was it the Copa America, how many goalkeepers did he use in the group stage? It was at least th- three? I think two? I think it was one per game. That's insane. Well, I mean, speaking of goalkeepers, just an aside, since you and I last talked, Bill Hamid, back to the States. Do we, so do Bill, we, Hamid, do Bill we, Hamid already failed in Europe. Do we call this a, a prodigal son situation? I don't think it's a prodigal son. I think I, I don't think he even did anything. I think he started two games, and that was in cup play in whatever 
European country he was in. I think it was the Netherlands. I don't know. And he came back and now he's on a two-year loan to DC United who are now just being flooded with European talent with Wayne Rooney coming in and improving a club that now gets to play the rest of their season at home with the opening of another new stadium this season, Audi Field. Yep. We're just hitting all the story points today. Yep. We're just flying uh, through these. I mean, what do you think? Is it going into the competitive matches in the spring? Is it stack Zach Steffen's goal to lose at this point? The way he's played against Brazil and and against Mexico? He I mean, that save he had against Mexico is brilliant. I believe it, it is his to lose. With Alex Bono maybe as the second or third? I mean, rumor has it that both Bono... Bon, is it Bono or Bono? I think, I think it's, it's I Bono. I believe it's Bono. Uh, with Alex Bono from TFC and Zach Steffen both getting rumors to be transferred overseas in the offseason. So, Which would be we'll great s- moves for both of them. It'll be great moves for both of them, but hopefully they can avoid the Bill Hamid syndrome and not get put on the bench. So, we shall see. We say that um, we say that a lot in this show. We we, <laughs> I mean, I think one of our episodes was literally titled "Wait, We'll See," because that's 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 kind of the position that the U.S. men's national team is in right now. Whereas the women, just to touch very briefly on them, because this isn't isn't just a men's podcast. This is a soccer podcast in general. Which, by the way, congratulations to the NWSL champions, North Carolina Courage, um, who defeated the Portland Thorns in the NWSL championship, and FIFA Player of the Year, Marta. From Orlando City Pride or Orlando Pride, because I don't do that name properly. But you, you of all people, will get, should get that name properly. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: I've never been to a Pride match, so I have two free tickets that I still have yet to use. So, and I can't because that season is over. Can you take a rain oh, check? No. No, I'll get I'll get new ones le- next year. I'm never I'm never in Orlando when they play. So um speaking of the women, they they are coming up on their qualification. That's we we have next. a roster. Oh, do you have it do you have it pulled up? Yes, are I you, do. Are you, are you the MVP right now or did you actually do your homework for the I women? Actually, well, I just pulled this up on Twitter. Oh man, read it off. Uh, goalkeepers, Ashlyn Harris and my girl, Alyssa Nair. Who does she play for? Uh, don't know because I obviously did not do my homework. I mean, you did more homework than I did. And that's why we're pundits, not journalists. <laughs> Although we, we, we were kind of journalists, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, well. We digress. Uh, defenders. Haley Mace. Emily Sunnett. Crystal Dunn. Becky Sauerbrunn. Casey Short. Kelly O'Hara. And Abby Delkemper. Solid lineup. Uh, gives us something to look forward to in actual competitive soccer for you for the U.S. national team in 2018. Because... We have not played a single match that meant anything for the men this year. No, we have not. Uh, midfielders, Rose Lavelle, Morgan Bryan, Samantha Mewis, Julie Ertz, uh, Lindsey Horan, and your forwards, Tobin Heath, Kristen Press, Mallory Pugh, uh, Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, and to top it all off, Megan Rapino. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it qualification no, no sleep till france no sleep till france and we'll we'll comment on those qualifying matches as they happen 
Okay, um, I think that's enough on the national team and the national stage. You want to work? Wait, you want to work when's down? Our, when's our next games? Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. The next games are the U.S. men's national team plays Colombia in Tampa Bay, Florida. Or Tampa, Florida. I call it Tampa Bay for whatever reason. Tampa, Florida on the day after my brother's birthday. The day after the one year anniversary of the one year anniversary of Trinidad and Tobago. October 11th against Colombia. And then five days later, USA versus Peru in East Hartford, Connecticut, home of future USL side Hart- Sporting Hartford. I believe, I, believe it's Hart- I believe it's Hartford of Athletic. Yeah, he's right. Don't listen to me. I get my I get my stereotypical soccer names mixed up. Hartford United SC City. I think you just I think you just out. I think you just about covered them all right there. I mean. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Miami in a minute. <laughs> what, what was was there a Real in there? <laughs> no, we already have RSL. Although calling RSL RSL is kind of fun for me. So, but yeah, um, those two games are both friendlies. We'll get lineups for those. What next week? You think? More than likely, and we will bring you a coverage of those matches next time on this podcast who knows where i'll be (laughs) do you even know just for the listeners to know do you even know where you'll be two weeks from now or is that just kind of told to you i know we know where we go three weeks ahead so you know nothing john snow i know we'll be going to jersey next week so basically the home of the red bulls yeah but Southern Jersey. Oh. Atlantic City. <laughs> Makes me think of episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, goodness. Anyhow, um, you want to work from MLS to USL or USL to MLS? Let's go from down up. Okay, um, down up. Since we last podcasted, there have been some additions to USL Division 3. Jordan, shall we discuss? Who do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's go with the addition to NCAA Division 2, the Chattanooga Red Wolves. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, that's back to what you said pre-game. He thinks that Chattanooga Red Wolves, it's not Red Bulls, it's Red Wolves, and he's making fun of me. It sounds like a Division II school, and he's right, but it's still a pretty good team name, but it doesn't change the fact that Chattanooga is going to become a suddenly become a battleground for soccer fans um with chattanooga being announced the rumors actually broke the night we recorded part two of our asb on tour um and it was a big controversy because chattanooga fc who plays in the mpsl already has a huge following one of the biggest one of the biggest followings in mpsl rivaling detroit city and they have been seeking to become a professional club and they get usurped by chattanooga soccer who then becomes chattanooga red wolves by an owner who lives in what salt lake city i have not heard this it was a foreign owner that lives in Utah, that much I know. But it doesn't change the fact that 
we now have many there's three clubs now in Tennessee whereas at the start of this year there were none now we have Nashville SC who will make their leap from USL to MLS in 2020 with their beautiful stadium Memphis gets their USL team and now we've got a team in the low lower USL division playing um playing as the Red Wolves so a lot of a lot of love for the southern states it does and we'll get to this whole controversy because I think we need to talk about Chattanooga and Lansing together don't get me started that's why I'm I'm kind of canning you up so that you'll be kind of ready. Um, is this my place to Is this my place to vent? No, I will tell you when you can vent. I okay. I will actually just do the other two announcements before we get to Lansing, um, and then you can just go off because I know I can see the steam coming out of your ears through Skype. Um, it was worse last night. Oh, I can only I, I, I got text messages from you, I can imagine. Um in addition to the Chattanooga Red Wolves, which Chattanooga was originally just announced as Chattanooga Soccer, and they were announced as the Red Wolves yesterday. So that's very exciting for them. Um Greenville Soccer is now known as Greenville Triumph SC with that beautiful green green and blue badge so very exciting I'm okay with for, that. The, for that south carolina club very, i'm sure their kits are going to look beautiful um in addition to that we I, got I, may, I might be a little biased on that because of the colors well yeah, that's <laughs> that's very true um the rochester rhinos um who are currently on hiatus due to financial issues and the last non-MLS winners of the U.S. Open Cup are now slated to join USL in 2020. So a very historical club joining um, USL D3 in 2020. So we already have one expansion club planned for the year after. Go, That's very. If, if we may go back to Greenville, did you see who the head coach will be like? I, I I did see the announcement. The name is not sticking with me. So Jonathan Parks, former U.S. men's national team player. Did he play in the 90, 1990 World Cup or the ninety four World Cup? He he played in the the ninety and ninety four. Okay, and, so I'm both right. Yeah, and, and he was supposed to go to ninety eight, but then things happened. Uh, so they've already got. Are they the first ones to announce? I believe so. I believe so. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, uh, go look up Jonathan Harks and Kyle Martino. Oh, but my. but we won't get into that. So Rochester and now Richmond has decided to self relegate. Um, this histor another historic club, the Richmond Kickers currently playing in USL um, are self-relegating to USL D3 for the 2019 season. So more established clubs with established fan bases participating in USL D3 for financial reasons, which is what you need. Exactly. And it's what, and if the, and the team's not performing well in the, when you're, when you're struggling financially, it makes sense to do something like that. So, congrats to them on being able to survive. And it, then... It, it, it will sound nice when you have a U.S. Open Cup winner in USL D3. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm referring, of course, to Rochester. Exactly. And, Ro well, and with Rochester, Rochester and Richmond are very historical clubs, both trace back to before we had division one soccer back to the a league mm -hmm. so 
very exciting news on both fronts. Um, and then news that we actually broke the day before it was announced. Um, about two weeks ago, there was a hint that there would be a club announced in the state of Fl- either within the state of Florida or the state of California. And they were just hinting and hinting. And I talked to my sources in Lakeland, one of the other potential USLD3 markets, and got and got the no, no, it will not happen here from my source there. My source here in Fort Myers told me no, which is sad, but also probably for the best. And a representative, when I ha- hypothesized that Orlando City B would be making their return, a member of the Orlando City front office gave us a nod that that would indeed happen. And we put that out there the day before. And the next thing you know, Orlando City B, currently on hiatus for the 2018 season, announced that they would be returning to USL play in 2019 in USL Division 3 and would play at the Mont- Montverde Academy, which is currently home to the Orlando City Development Academy. So, and they wouldn't serve how Orlando City B had previously served as a kind of proving ground for lower lower um, subs of the MLS side, but rather as a place for our academy products. This is very close to home for me, for our academy products to develop and grow following the suit of Toronto FC2, which this is going to be something that a lot of clubs that don't already have USL sides end up doing because it's cheaper and it's not as high competition, but it's still pro competition to get to get these players that are in these academies into professional play. So you've got a multi-year USL Cup winner and Commissioner's Trophy winner in USL D3, in addition to that Open Cup win. And now that brings us to the news that broke. What was it yesterday that that I'm just going to let you talk about? The rumors started last week with that. um, I believe U.S. patent office listing, right? I, I, I first saw it on Reddit. I did, too. But the source was a filing with the U.S. patent office. A lawyer filed a patent with the U.S. Patent Office, trademarking a crest and name for Lansing Ignite. And the speculations ran wild. Will this be a new Lansing club? Will this be a rebranding of Lansing United? And yesterday... It came out that there was a proposition brought to the Lansing City Council. The uh, Lansing Lugnuts owner that currently play uh, single-A ball, affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays, owner of that club, My beloved club, Lansing United, has been sold to the Lansing Lugnuts owner. Can you hear the disgust in his voice? This is this is truly one of the more heartbreaking things. I was getting updates from Jordan as this was happening. I've been to the to the ransom 
bar where they celebrate. I've bought the scarf. I've seen what Lansing United meant to Jordan and to these fans. And we, they've, we've been building this for four years. And because of this, because and this is exactly the same thing that happened in Chattanooga. I remember when the Lansing United owner came to us during a game uh, two, three years ago saying he had been approached by some of the bigwigs at the USL D3 office basically explaining what their requirements were. One, you needed a... I don't remember the exact specifications, but you needed a stadium of, I believe it was 3,000? Yes, it was 3,000. The only requirements, and these have been very public requirements, 3,000-seat stadium and a um, owner with a net worth of $10 million. So it, it, it was pretty clear from the beginning that we would need a pretty heavy investor to get to this point of being in USL D3 we just it was assumed it would be Lansing United not a new owner being buying out Lansing United and this is just sad it's it, it goes back to the fact that you can't you can buy a club you cannot buy support and i i have no problem with outside money coming in and buying a majority of a club orlando city is literally built on that and i've said and i've showed some animosity to flavio in the past but more recently through the hardships orlando city has been enduring on the field he is he and Alex Letao have proven that they are good own, owners and managers of this club after um, Phil Rollins left the club, the original founder. And it's a little different when you've got ownership that come, a big money that comes in, in this case, in the form of the owner of the owner and also the president. I, I was reading this article and it's apparently the owner and the president of the Lugnuts who are sharing this venture that they're just coming in, kind of taking the momentum that Lansing United has formed and they're taking it all away. Not, not to mention that we have talked with for a couple of years now with the Lansing City Council about building a stadium, and they kept stonewalling us. Only now to use a public stadium. A baseball a, stadium, no less. A city-owned stadium to host this D3 club that is not going to share the name, is not going to share the legacy, and is not going to share it's certainly, the It's not going to share the, share the support. I can guarantee you none of my fellow members and the Ransom will support this club. Which guarantee it. And that's that's the problem. You're going to you're losing a an incredible foundation, a foundation that if you go and look at the USL D3 website, your face and the my face, face of your fellow others. Ransom from very early on in the USL D3 process back in like what april of 2017 is right. still there yep and it says U usl has a great ba uh lansing united has a great base to grow off of and yeah they're growing off the base they're just stealing it and it's and i'm not i'm not blaming usl for this so much as i am i'm blaming blaming the owners the owners i'm blaming the Lugnuts owner for not thinking this through. He didn't, obviously, and you, the stories have been clear and your reports have been clear that the owner of Lansing United, what's his name? Something Sampson? Jeremy Sampson. 
Jeremy Wonder- Sampson. Wonderful, wonderful man. And you, you know him and you've talked to him and we could probably get him on the show once this is all over to get his side of the story to talk about how he ha- he was at that city council meeting last night and he was there with them. He yes. hasn't discussed how he's going to be involved, but it's pretty clear that Lansing United is no more and it's all about this this new club. Let me, let me stop you right there. The Lansing United women will still continue to exist. Okay. Which the I, men's team. My apologies. And I will can still continue to support the ladies to till I die. It's 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 just sad. To me, it's just sad because you had you had so much promise. You guys had what five to six hundred people watching a, a high school stadium. Yep. In a semi pro. Some, sometimes breaking one k. So you take that, combine it with the lug nuts. I have no problem with the lug nuts. Just use the same name. Use the same crest. Use the same legacy. Heck, use the fact that that team has won trophies. They In their first empty... year. And as, as recently as last year with your guys' victory at the Milk Cup, the Michigan Milk Cup, which should be a thing. And that we, You and I have talked about that. State it, championships it, it, it is are very thing, important to lower clubs. But it's it's not so much a thing when not every team participates looking at a certain club in Hamtrack, Michigan, namely <laughs> namely Detroit. So yeah, I obvious I'm I'm furious about this. Like I said, I will I will still continue to support the Lansing United women. I will not support this new Lansing team. Neither will any of my members from the ransom, but I will still support growth of soccer in Lansing and the whole United States as a whole. So do you think the ransom is going to become the daughters of ransom? (laughs) Before the ladies actually started to play this last summer, it was the sons of ransom. Then we changed the name to the, just the ransom to as a representation of that inclusion I do not know I couldn't tell you I'm not a part of those inner talks uh, it's just a, and it goes back the same thing happened to Chattanooga Chattanooga was a little different because Lansing United in 2018 moved from MPSL where they had formed a lot of rivalries and a lot of competition in the Michigan area and actually had to travel further to several games to move to the USL PDL to establish that relationship with USL and introduce a women's team that plays in the UWS UWS also owned by the USL. But instead this very well has put the existence of the men's team in serious doubt and has really put some bitterness into the minds of the supporters they already had. So that's not a good way to start when you're trying to establish a a new lower division club. This is these clubs aren't about so much being a these a decisions don't thing. make supporters, they, they make ticket sales. It's it's about the local they need ticket sales. They need exactly. They need ticket sales. They need jersey sales. They need bodies in the stands to support them at home. And they would have gotten that in droves if if they worked with if they worked with Lansing United. Which it, it we're still not positive exactly what that relationship's going to be. As far as I as far as I understand it, owner of Lansing United, he will work with this new team. To what extent, I have no idea. I guarantee it's not going to be a lot, and I guarantee he will be out within a year. It's just sad. It's it, it it's a wasted opportunity, in my opinion. They're going to have to build from scratch, and they're going to know it. Whereas, it's a little bit more understandable what happened to Chattanooga. It's still kind of a bummer. But Chattanooga is a very vocal member of the MPSL. They want open soccer. They never actually made any attempt 
to switch to USL PDL to be a part of the USL system. And that the USL saw the market and brought in ownership, a separate ownership group and pulled in several of the leaders from Chattanooga FC to establish Chattanooga Red Wolves SC. So there's now that clash between those two clubs being at odds and it's probably going to split the supporters. Oh, absolutely. Much in the same way that Lansing Ignite and Lansing United will kind of split the supporters, but it's going to be a little different because for all we know, Lansing United won't exist. Whereas Chattanooga FC is either going to play depending on, ussf decisions either going to play in the pro level national independent soccer association nissa or the non-professional mpsl that is entirely up to the decision by the ussf so and and you also have these attempts to create a mpsl pro <laughs> But we won't get I, into that. We won't get into that because we have enough pro relegation talk coming up with USL as it is. So that's kind of the news from USL D3. Um, I think it's reassuring. They've said that they have been approved, that they submitted their paperwork to USSF for 10 clubs, but there could be more. It all depends on who decides to move out of the current USL and who decides to join from USL PDL or new ownership groups somewhere else. So we've got quite a few clubs already. There are still more to be announced early this fall. Speaking of announcements from USL, today was a big day for the bottom part of the U.S. soccer pyramid. For the first time, I think ever, in U.S. soccer history, we have a uniform established association almost entirely down the pyramid. The United States Soccer Federation has USSL as Division 2, Provisional is Division 3, and we also have the Semi-Pro Division 4, which is not an official Division 4, but very well might be called a Division 4 before the year is over in the USPDL. All three, along with the Women's League you mentioned earlier, are part of the single organization United uh, United Soccer League. And that league, that organization announced today, which is three months till Christmas, September 25th, 2018, that all three leagues that we just listed will be rebranded. The USL proper, or just USL as it's currently known, Will be called will in 2019 be called the USL Championship. The USL D3, a provisional name before their launch in 2019, to take the place of USL that moved up from Division Three and to fill the void of Division Three soccer in the United States, will be known as USL Division or League One as the lowest point of professional soccer in the United States. And then in the below them is the USL PDL, which will be called USL League Two. It was a giant rebranding. It's all based off of the ideology of the F the English FA And it's a very promising idea that has lent itself to a promotion relegation 
idea between these three different divisions. Given my fe- my recent feelings about USL, they absolutely nailed this. I mean, how long was the video? Two minutes. It was a two-minute long video. Mm-hmm. And they're just, ex- they're just... Ex- explaining the aspects of each division going down USL Championship, USL League 1, USL League 2 across the board. This looks this looks very well put together. And it uses their partnerships across the board. They have this partnership with Select. So Select designed three different balls. One is the goal USL Championship has a you, the the traditional USL logo that they rebranded last year next to a gold a golden star USL championship and the ball they have is gold USL League 1 is blue and their ball is blue and the, their branding has a 1 next to it USL League 2 is red, their ball is red, and they have a 2 next to their league. It's all very uniform, and it's all very clean, and it's going to mean... And like you said, it has, has a very, very much has a English Football League feel to it. Not to mention the fact that they now have standard graphics... And there was a $10 million investment from USL last year in a media company in Tampa, Florida, that they are now going to use. And we've already seen it with USL this year on ESPN+. All of those games are on ESPN+. And it allows more fans to access lower division soccer while getting to enjoy enjoy it from the comfort of their home or the com- across America for $5 a month. And that's still, and that's providing revenue for these lower clubs. Whereas they didn't have that before. This was all put together by an agency out of New York city called the athletic. And now the branding, like you said, the athletic put together this branding. It's very reminiscent. That the, there was clips from this video of like Twitter and Facebook. It it all it, it looks very it look it looks very exceptional. And it's very professional. It's not it's not something you would see from a minor league team. It's su- it's in my opinion, it's almost as good, if not better than the current MLS branding scheme because they've got a standard format for how score how scores are displayed on the TV how lineups are displayed on social media whether it's Instagram Snapchat whatever and they've got standard charts for how the 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 standings are in those leagues not not to mention team of the weeks and schedules exactly and it's shared across the second, third, and fourth divisions of U.S. soccer in leagues that, in the largest second division soccer league in the world, what I'm sure will soon be the largest third division soccer league in the world. Once we get the teams. Exactly. I mean, they said they came out and said today they're expecting 10 to 12 clubs in 20. 19 and hope to be at 24 clubs by 2021. Do you have any idea how excited that makes me, the guy that created and is trying to push the 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 masses in Southwest Florida to adopt the idea of a soccer team, a pro soccer team in this area that 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 makes me so happy because it means that there's so much space that they'll come back and they will choose us and lord willing i will be there when it happens 
and I get to see pro soccer come to my town. The only thing that can make this better is a well-put-together app. And that's what it looks like. It looks like we're going to get the same thing as the Premier League, where the Premier League has that beautifully branded app. Same thing. So So if if this can be well-established and well-put-together and well-executed, I'm pretty excited about it. And, 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 as you and I have talked about many times on this podcast, it lends the fact to the first ever iteration of pro-rel in U.S. soccer. Exactly. It's not going to be full pro-rel, but it's pro-rel. And it has a path to be open if you expand in USL PDL and you place an intent to be pro, and you compete to the point where you win and get promoted. That's the possibility that exists right now. Does the impossibility for full pro-rel across the board exist? No. MLS is going to take a lot longer, I'd say 20 years at least, before that, that happens. Yes. I've, I, I, I've spent a lot large majority of the day talking about it with a lot of friends and I think the soonest we'll get promotion relegation in MLS is 20 years from now because the thing is in order for promotion relegation to succeed in the United States second division soccer needs to be treated the same way that division two football gets treated where you've still got twenty to 30,000 people showing up to a Division II football game. Or even the lower Division I teams. That's the analogy that I've heard a couple times today. And it's one of those things that U.S., the United States, is not ready for that. Despite the fact that we're seeing 40,000 people at at an NFL stadium in Nashville, we're still not ready. The ownership is still not ready. We don't have a bunch of Atlanta Uniteds, as much as that hurts my soul to say. We've got... You you still have the Dallases. You still have Colorados. You still have New England Revolutions. And Columbus, who is, that's just a sad story. Um, No one knows what's going to happen to Columbus. And Austin FC was announced with their weird, um, what's the city with the tree from Lord of the Rings? Maris Tirith or something like that? Tree of Minas Tirith. Yeah, that's uh, that's what Austin FC is going to be. Not to mention the fact that when Columbus played in the playoffs against, was it New York City or Atlanta? I don't remember. Atlanta, but it was in Atlanta. They played against New York in Columbus. But the Nordic uh, supporter group for Columbus unveiled a TIFO with a tree representing the history of Columbus Crew with in hard-to-miss letters, Remember Your Roots, and Austin comes out with this logo that has a tree on it. I don't think you get more disrespectful than that. Well, and it's not like it's even a done deal because... That you've still got these this court case that's pending that might keep Columbus in Columbus. It's all very up in the air. Um, back to on less depressing stuff. Um, back to the USL rebrand. In addition, um, during a Q and A today, it was revealed that there there is going to be as early as 2020 a USL only cup competition between the three divisions of USL. So it's like we're getting a check a trade trophy. 
A what? So it's like we're getting a check a trade trophy. <laughs> no, I I would equate it more to the Caraboa Cup. Just not letting the MLS Cup just not, in this case not letting the MLS clubs the check a trade trophy only involves English clubs from the EFL Championship, EF, EFL 1 and EFL 2. Oh, so see, so it is exactly oh. like the check a trade trophy. Oh. Today I learned I may I may have learned that from playing FIFA. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, this is not how you convinced me to buy FIFA. I'm not buying FIFA 19, okay? Well, what, what are you getting Friday? I'm not buying FIFA 19. You can't make me. You're no fun. Ugh. He's been trying all day to get me to buy FIFA 19. And all day yesterday, I, I think. If if we may go on a tangent here, what else is no? Can you can you guess which club I'm going to play as in career mode? Last year I played as Portsmouth. The year before that I was Millwall. Other than United, other than United. Is this an obvious answer? Not necessarily. Fulham. I was going to go Sunderland. Interesting. Because <laughs> it, cause if you ask me, Sunderland in League One is a crime against humanity. When I got interested in English football, Sunderland was a Premier League team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not, and they weren't being sold for a pound. <laughs> you just got to take on how many millions of pounds of debt? Eh. Oh my gosh! We but anyway, a Kickstarter to buy Sunderland, ASB Sunderland. It actually kind of has a ring to it. Is is that instead of AFC Sunderland? <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness! So yeah, exciting stuff. Um, I I. I, I Kind of, it's going to be rough. There's going to be some casualties, such as Chattanooga FC and your beloved Lansing United, which that's that's tough to stomach. But you have the benefit of not really living there anymore, so yeah. I still feel bad for your friends. I know yep. some of them listen, and our heart is with you, Lansing United. But go, Lansing United women. Um, do you have any other items to talk about besides the fact that that branding is going to be awesome and it's going to be exciting to see how it grows the both lower division soccer and the game as a whole? I actually have a fun fact for you to finish the show. Lay it on me. And this actually has to do with the Carabao Cup, actually. You mean the Carabao Cup that Manchester United lost today to what? Derby County that no one cares about. I It's Derby County Championship or League One? I believe they're Championship. Well, that sucks to suck. What's your fun fact? Macclesfield Town. Familiar with them? I have they, actually they, heard of them. They play in... Football, they play in the EFL 2. Is that below... Is that... That's the... That's League 2, right? That's that is, the fourth that is division? League 2. That's the R equivalent of USL PDL. Yes. They have not won a single game this year. In, in the year of our Lord, 2018. Yes, and, and they, I believe they have lost nine games... But here's the weird part. They were formed in 1876. Okay. Guess how many penalty shootouts they've lost. It's got to be in the hundreds. None. Huh? They have and they have played nine penalty shootouts since the formation of the club. A club that's over, that's almost 130 years old. Yes. Huh? They've never once an English club. They have has never, never lost once, 
a penalty shootout. Three of those have come this year, two of them in the Carabao Cup, to get to this point in the Carabao Cup. Huh. Don't believe me, look it up. This is wrinkling my brain a little bit. That is fun way to end the podcast. Well, with that fun fact from good old Queens Park, Jordan. Get it? Get it? Queens? Because you're staying in Queens? <laughs> I'll see myself out. Um, this has been the American Soccer Broadcast. Uh, thank you all to those who listened to our two-part uh, episodes of ASB on Twitter. It was fun to have Mike on the podcast. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter. We are ASB Podcast on Twitter and ASB Podcast with Jordan and Alex on Facebook. I am Alex Ryder, have been Alex Ryder, will always be Alex Ryder. You can find me on Twitter at ghost underscore writer. That's spelled R-E-I-T-E-R because I'm a good German. Um, or the same username on Instagram where you can see me, again, post pictures of my doggy Oscar wearing his bow tie or beautiful sunsets in the great state of Florida. Jordan, where can the people find you? They can find me on Twitter as J-R-A-Y Hawkins. Mainly tweeting about Seattle Sounders, Manchester United, uh, and everything that's going on in soccer. Uh, They they can find me on Instagram as Air23Hawk. Mainly tweeting or posting pictures as I tour the country. Possibly mainly pictures of stadiums. Hopefully tomorrow there will be a picture of City Field. And the Apple. And the Apple. We are American Soccer Broadcast. Thank you again for listening. And we will talk to you again soon. Party on, people. Be excellent to each other.